Welcome to Looks Like New on KGNU's It's the Economy. I'm Libby O'Neill. This is a show that asks old questions about new technology, even addressing questions that should have been asked a long time ago. We join you on the fourth Thursday of every month on the radio, or you can listen online as a podcast. Looks Like New is a production of the Media Enterprise Design Lab at CU Boulder. The Colorado Sun was established in 2019 as a public benefit corporation with the intention of safeguarding legacy newspapers in the state, which were in decline. The past two years, I have been tasked with assessing the Sun's progress in their mission. The coverage produced by the Sun has been instrumental in stabilizing legacy newspapers and providing additive coverage across the state. Still, with such an extensive mission, there comes challenges especially in the digital age. The internet is journalism's greatest source of precarity as it makes information so widely accessible. We hope to learn from the sun on how to best navigate this new age of journalism. Today, I am speaking with Eric Lubers from the Colorado Sun, the journalist-owned digital news source for the state of Colorado. This month, the Sun celebrated its fourth anniversary of being a public benefit corporation with the objective of producing journalism in a manner that is economically sustainable and encompasses the variety of voices and interests across the state. Today, we will discuss what this business model means for the Sun. How has its journey looked different from typical publications? What has the staff learned along the way? And what are they doing to continually augment their public benefit? To start from the beginning, um, tell me how the Colorado Sun was established. I know it started with support from Civil, which is a blockchain platform. So can you tell me more about what this looked like? Yeah, so the context of how the Sun actually started sort of came from the Denver Post newsroom. Um, we had had a couple of, you know, almost a decade at a pretty intense transformation, not only just from going from primarily print to eventually primarily digital, but we also had a lot of uh, changes in ownership and uh, structure and the incentives for getting more web traffic, getting more um, subscriptions. So in the middle of all of that, we saw a bunch of shrinking newsrooms. Um, a lot of us who were had been there for a while started to see massive cuts being ordered for all these departments that we knew were essential for being able to tell the stories that we needed to tell. Um, and we got lucky enough to have an opportunity to get essentially free money from Civil, which was a uh, blockchain platform based on Ethereum. Um, we were always a little skeptical of the blockchain um, applications of uh, journalism. So we didn't really use that to uh, market ourselves particularly well. We weren't really leaning on the fact that it was blockchain. There's a lot of potential in that. But as we've seen over the last many years now of uh, different blockchain-based ideas, they sometimes they just aren't very practical. Um, but luckily, we were able to use the seed money that we got from being part of that first wave of civil to establish the newsroom and create the base of supporting members that are keeping us alive to this day. Um, so it's definitely not uh, something I would recommend to just throw yourself off into a blockchain-based thing. But um, the reason it worked for us was just being able to create that strong community of people who are ready to support this kind of journalism. 
And just because I am, I'm not from a tech background, so could you please just explain briefly to me kind of how blockchain works and what it is a little bit? Yeah, the really, really short uh, answer of what the blockchain is, it's essentially a digital ledger. So it's basically just uh, an unchangeable ledger that can be shared between computers, doesn't need a website, doesn't need other things uh, that you normally would have uh, to share verified information. So the reason that it was gonna potentially work for journalism was to get around things like censorship in other countries where they would block a URL that you would go to to say like, you know, the coloradosun.com or anything like that. Um, but through blockchain, you could still exchange the information um, through, uh, the, uh, through contracts and, and other things like that. That was the philosophical this would be great kind of part of it, but the practicality of blockchain is it runs into the same issues that you get on any other technology at scale. You end up having people disagreeing on how things should um, be executed. You have people disagreeing on how you know money and resources should be um, spent. So I'm still excited for somebody to figure out a way to use blockchain for uh, to preserve journalism, especially to circumvent censorship. But so far, it's still very much a work in progress and not not at all a part of the, the sun's mission at this point. <laughs> right. So like pretty soon after you guys were formed, you um, like civil kind of dissolved or something like that is what happened? Yeah, essentially. So the, the company um, tried multiple times to launch the their sort of blockchain products, but this was around the time when one of the first crashes in um in blockchain currency, like cryptocurrency, kind of happened. And that's where all this money was coming from. It was basically coming from the value of Ethereum. So when that crashed and a couple of attempts to launch, it sort of went away. Um, the newsrooms continued on. Um, there's a couple of them still out there today that are still um, kicking, but the actual civil structure in the background uh, kind of faded quickly. But like I said, we were kind of skeptical from the beginning. And we were making sure that we were going to be able to build something sustainable with or without blockchain. And it turns out without. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but it helped you start at the very least. Exactly. <laughs> so I just finished up my evaluation of the sun's public benefit over the past year. So in your own words, and just because I'm sure you know how the Sun is a public benefit corporation. Um, how do you think this business structure sets the Sun apart from other newsrooms that are often run by larger corporations? Yeah, so the, the Sun's in kind of an interesting position being a public benefit corporation because in a lot of traditional media is being sort of gobbled up by hedge funds and large companies that are either publicly traded or privately traded in a way that requires them to continually spin off increasing profits, uh, which can really end up hurting a newsroom's editorial abilities if they're just trying to make sure they make more money um, all the time. Uh, and that's sort of where a lot of traditional media is at right now. And then a lot of the, um, the first wave of these sort of like smaller independent newsrooms went strictly nonprofit. Like there was the, the world that with the idea that the only way you could do pure journalism would be through fully nonprofit. Um, and so the sun's kind of right in the middle because we at the beginning were looking at 
the idea of going to nonprofit. And there's a lot of attractive ideas about that, but we were needing to move very fast and we needed to get, have pretty much complete control over everything that we were able to do because we were such a small group trying to do something so large. And so the, uh, the public benefit corporation structure really appealed to us because it is a for-profit corporation, but every single year we have to demonstrate that we are achieving the benefit that we set forward in the charter for a corporation. And in our case, it's pretty simple. It's provide impactful journalism for the people of the state of Colorado. And so every year, um, you know, uh, groups like CU help us out to give us this, this public benefit um, uh, uh, audit, but it's not just, you know, a fun piece of paper that says we did this great thing. This is a part of our actual business structure with the state of Colorado. And so one of the reasons we do that is because we, again, we all that were that founded the sun were right there watching hedge funds essentially do shady business while cloaking themselves in the hard-earned trust that were developed by newsrooms over years and years and years. And so this is our way to have sort of a structural accountability associated with the Colorado Sun as a masthead. So no matter how the ownership structure changes down the line, who is in charge of it, what the future of, of this news looks like. As long as we maintain this public benefit corporation, no one's going to be able to trade on the good name of the sun and do anything other than do what's in our, our public benefit corporation charter, provide good journalism to the people of the state of Colorado. So it's, it's the closest thing we could do to locking ourselves into making sure that the sun will always produce journalism no matter what form it takes. I feel like the business structure provides a source of accountability for you guys. And then in terms of just like being a smaller newsroom, you're not um, owned by a, a hedge fund or a large corporation, like you said. When you're navigating this digital age of journalism, are are you, what kind of challenges or just kind of things are you experiencing that you think might be unique to you guys? So I would say that almost all the challenges that face the sun are the exact same challenges that face almost every other newsroom, no matter what size, all the way from the New York Times down to the Human Pioneer. You know, like they're all all having the same issue. And that's that we've transitioned as a culture essentially to an attention economy. So we still produce goods and services. That's, you know, that still happens. But the, there's the biggest fight right now is for the eyeballs and the attention of people. And, you know, there's only so many eyeballs and there's only so many hours in a day. And, you know, it used to be that you were one of a couple of newspapers in your town and maybe the newspaper was competing with the radio station or the TV station. Um, and they, that's who they saw as competitors, this news organization versus that news organization. And one of the biggest things that we're in the middle of now is it's not just other news orgs. Like we are in competition with giant corporations who are desperate to get as as much of the attention of your day as you can get. And so we now understand that we have to use our pretty limited resources to get out there and get attention from the same like same people who are also being targeted by Instagram ads for a fancy pan or, you know, something like, uh, you know, a, a different kind of clothes or, you know, anything like that. And so that really is the thing that we are dealing with as a 
digital only newsroom. It's just like, how do we make sure we can carve out a little bit of a space in enough people's days that we can not only make the impact that we need, but also eventually make the money that we need to keep going as, as a newsroom. Okay. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And when you talk about just like how you have to compete with these big corporations and for attention and things like that, can you tell me the significance of you being like a local news source versus people were to get their information from one of these uh, publications owned by a larger corporation? Yeah, uh, it really helps to make sure you get to know the reporters and the editors that are involved in any of the places that you get your information. Because even at the Denver Post, you know, as much as we malign the hedge funds cutting them down, they have really good journalists and really good editors still working there. Um, So it's a matter of just making sure you are doing as much due diligence as you can to make sure that it's the right people giving you the right news at the right time. And that is one of the things that I think the sun does well is because everybody lives and works in Colorado. The ownership is right there in Colorado. It's the same people who are writing the stories and editing them. You know, they're the same people who own the actual, uh, you know, newsroom, you know, and that is a pretty important part of making sure that people are telling stories for the right reason. And we were also able to, at the very beginning of our journey, basically decide we aren't going to do paywalls. You know, like we just, we, all of our content is like, you can read it for free, anybody. And we share it like with all these uh, other newspapers around the state. So we'll have our stories printed and we don't charge people for that that stuff. That was our bet basically to make sure that we could have the greatest impact that we could um, in the state, making sure that people were not going to have necessary information for their lives hidden behind a paywall. Um, And that also helped us change our incentives as well. So even, you know, the, the more corporate newsrooms that you're in, the push is get page views because page views mean you're hitting paywalls and then more people that hit paywalls, the higher your conversion rate is and the more membership, you know, or subscription dollars you get and you end up having this chase for clicks. And so what we were able to do, like we still love traffic. We still keep, keep an eye on it. We know exactly, you know, how many people are visiting our site, but the incentive is not, not like go chase down the thing that is going to get the most clicks. Um, And that is really, I think, one of the benefits from having a really small, really local newsroom structure, because we can make that change and we can make sure that we adjust our business and our editorial uh, side to match that desire. Like, uh, and I just, I don't like paywalls. Um, I know why they exist. I know why they are sometimes really necessary for people, but the more we can get journalism to make an impact, people will end up supporting your work as long as you know the right time and place to ask them. Yeah, it seems like with your kind of really like local group, you're like a very local, like all over the state of Colorado, um, it, it must help kind of with the context of knowing what your audience needs and 
in order to know how to get them to come back, um, to keep going to your site, despite um, maybe not having a paywall, which I think is pretty unheard of right now. Like I, I don't, I'm trying to think of what other like big name publications don't have a paywall. And the only one that really comes to mind right now is the sun. So that's pretty innovative. <laughs> yeah. We basically tried to take the almost the public radio model without it being necessarily nonprofit where, you know, public radio will do their pledge drives, you know, once, once a year or twice a year, but otherwise won't have a paywall and it'll have everything up. And we thought we could do a version of that and still make the same level of impact and just sort of make the pledge week last or the pledge drive last all year, you know, so uh, it's, it's been working out so far. And then looking at like how you are a 100% digital news source, and that's, that's awesome. But at the same time, do you think that maybe the, this brings some issues sometimes with accessibility, even though you don't have a paywall? Right. Because, you know, one of the things that uh, we are still always striving towards is, making sure that, yes, it's up, it's accessible to anybody, but if you never heard of the sun, if no one sends you a link, if you're not seeing that, sometimes that piece of news, that information isn't actually going to make it to the people that are the most impacted. Sometimes those people are not online. Sometimes they've never built the habit that to go check things. Sometimes they just straight up do not have access to the internet because we still have giant sort of like internet broadband deserts, you know, all over the state. So that's one of the reasons that we are pushing, um, you know, to get our stories into every medium we can, whether it's on a podcast where, you know, have uh, bits where our some reporters go talk on the radio to people. We like to be in, in print where people can see it, um, but it really is part of the, the struggle that we're facing now is to make sure that everybody everybody that needs to see it sees it. Um, and that's a huge part of the non-journalism side of the businesses, getting it distributed and getting it in front of, of the people that actually need it. Right. And that's, that's your side of... Um of the sun. But on that note of, you know, um, you are a 100% digital publication, but you do want to expand into these different mediums, including print. Um, I see that has already happened over the past few years with um, your partnerships, collaborations with Colorado Community Media. Um, In your role specifically, do you have any, um, do you play any parts in that? Um, Right now, We've been focused on getting us moved into our set of new systems, but the entire structure of our the digital side of our business has been set up in anticipation of hopefully being able to integrate more tightly with Colorado Community Media and any other sort of uh, you know, news organization that wants to be able to use a lot of the same tools that we use. So we even though what we've been working on mostly for the last couple of years has been upgrading and fixing and migrating everything for our site to kind of get into the next level of a uh, of technology stack. Uh, it's always had that foresight of like, let's make sure we can plug in play as much as we can with everybody that we work with to make sure that like we can just distribute and cut down the burden on all of these uh, smaller newspapers, make it a lot easier for their customers to get involved. Yeah, I love that. I love to see the um, the legacy newspapers being supported by people like you guys. 
You're listening to Looks Like New, a show that asks old questions about new tech. Stick with us and we'll be back soon. Welcome back to Looks Like New on KGNU Radio. We are having a conversation with Eric Lubers about the tech journey of the Colorado Sun since its start. Well, tell me about some of the technological obstacles you've faced since 2019. One thing that comes to mind is um, the different customer relation management software, which came up during um, my public benefit um, review. So I know that you guys recently transitioned to a new one, a new kind of software. Um, can you tell me about that and any other kind of tech challenges you overcome? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that's, uh, that they you don't really think about when you are starting out in a legacy newsroom and then you go out to start your own is that you're not just running a newsroom anymore. You're running a small business, you know, like, and none of us had really ever run a small business before. So um, the first couple of years was us really figuring out all of the stuff that any business owner will tell you is, you know, the hardest stuff to deal with everything down to, you know, HR to designing our own, uh, you know, our own banners and setting up our own booths at farmers markets and, and things like that. Um, but on the, the more, uh, technologically intense side of things, um, you really do have to have a way to properly ask people for, to, to support you through, you know, a, a subscription or a membership. Um, and then you really need to make sure that you deliver, you know, so if somebody's going to give you the money to um, support your journalism, you need to make sure that you're able to deliver everything you've promised to them, whether that's an exclusive newsletter or a better experience on the website. So it's been a very long and um, very fun journey of figuring out sort of the best practices and the best use of technology for our readers in particular. So we just launched a, basically a, we, we launched two completely new systems at the same time, which I don't recommend to anybody who ever has the chance to do that, but we um, upgraded both the WordPress site that um, runs the sun um, and the uh, system that manages all of our memberships um, and, and people's interactions. And the, you know, I won't go into too much detail on, on those, but the goal of all of this really is to just make sure that we want the sun to feel like a, a luxury product, even if it's online, you know, like mm -hmm. I, love an, a really nice big print magazine you know like that's one of my favorite things in the world i love an old newspaper and we're trying to get as close as we can get to that feeling when you're experiencing the sun online whether it's on your phone or your laptop or your tablet or whatever um we're trying to get as close to that feeling as we can get without having 
the actual tactility of, of a real print product. So that, that's been a fun experiment in consumer psychology, in design, in um, organization, in, like data visualization, all of these things that are you take for granted a little bit when you're just reading a story, you don't really realize how much work and how much, you know, uh, how many hands have touched a story to make it look as good as it does when it gets out there. But um, you really understand the, the value of that work when you're on the other side, <laughs> when you're yeah. uh, here in the newsroom, you, you really understand the, the, the work beyond just the great reporting and the great photography and the great editing. There's so many other people that come involved to, or come and get involved in, in the actual craft of the story. That It does sound like you've been really busy lately. So yeah. <laughs> thank you for actually making the time to meet with me after all of that. And you said that you've done both a transition with your WordPress site, as well as the customer relation management CRM software. Can yes. you just tell me kind of briefly overviewing what the previous um, version looked like for each of those and then kind of like what the new, uh, I guess, enhancements might be? Yeah, um, so uh, we were uh, using some, some kind of basic starter tools, essentially, when we first started. So things that were very accessible, very quick to set up, but not as customizable and not, and we just didn't have as much control over the way that um, our customers experienced the each, each of these pieces. So whether that was just, you know, struggling to get an image to align in the right way on WordPress or being able to have a better message for our readers when they show up for us to ask them to become a member, all that kind of stuff. We, we just got to the point where we had sort of outgrown these sort of starter tools and we were ready for something that was a little bit more customizable, which gave us more control to get back to that sort of like luxury feel of the sun that we're looking for. Because we all know that, you know, like news is not always the most pleasant thing to um, consume, yeah. especially when you're like, like we talked about earlier, you're in the middle of this attention economy. People are out there creating absolutely beautiful things for you to uh, spend your time reading and consuming. So we knew that we needed to, you know, even though there's 24 of us on staff, you know, we need to be able to put something up that looks almost as good or better than something that the New York Times or the Washington Post um, can put out. And so it's getting easier to make those beautiful things. <laughs> um, but we just, we were hitting some roadblocks on those, our old systems in a way that we just needed to kind of break through. But we're very excited about our, we're a part of a uh, news pack now, which is um, a part of the company that owns and operates WordPress uh, that is focused on newsrooms. And they have a bunch of great built-in tools that people are gonna be able to see on the Colorado Sun pretty soon, um, where we can just have better and more beautiful uh, stories to consume and more interesting tools as well. So um, we're, we're really excited to start building out a lot more utility sort of tools, not just single stories that you come to once and leave, but something that you can come back to over and over again because it's useful in your life. I guess that's something that like, when you think about the work that the sun is doing, people often forget that even though you're primary focus is producing high quality journalism, you have to 
capture the audience in some way. And sometimes that's not always the story. It's um, the visual, how it looks, how the experience that people get when they're actually reading the story. So with this in mind, um, and then also keeping in mind the kind of accessibility um, and of the sun. I remember at the time I did the first PBC report that one of the big things about your website was that it was still, um, it was a simple enough, maybe uh, like design software where it's like people could access it with pretty minimal internet connection. Do you think, what kind of, um, do you think this will be the same going forward or? Absolutely, yeah, part, part of Newspack and part of the reason we chose that is to remain as accessible as possible. So even though we do have big, beautiful images, if you're not on the fastest internet connection, you can definitely still read it quickly and it'll load as, as fast as, as it's capable of loading. Um, but a big thing outside of even just the internet speeds is um, making sure that we're as accessible as possible for people with, that use screen readers, um, people who have either low or no vision um, to be able to still be able to consume. Um, and we're embarking on a pretty ambitious project to go back through our four years of content and make sure that we have alt tags on our images and things like that to make sure that that is that we are we remain as accessible as possible um, for for everybody out there. Wow, that is great. That's really cool. And the fact that you're going back through even even the stuff you've already posted to make sure it's um accessible is yeah. really great. It, it, it might be a little while before we're done, but that's the well, point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> Sounds like a pretty large task also. Yeah. Um, and then we've kind of gone through this throughout our conversation, but um, from, I, from the website, it says that you do, you're in charge of tech and strategy. And so this entire conversation has been about the technical, technological strategy of the Colorado Sun. Um, is there anything that your job encompasses that we haven't covered today? You know, how, how long do you have? <laughs> that's, that's sort of the <laughs> no. issue here. So um, I, I basically gave myself the title of CTO <laughs> at, the, mm -hmm. at the Sun. Um, but um, lately, I've been thinking of uh, my position more as a manager of product. That seems to be the, the word in, in tech companies. That's just a little bit somebody looking after every way that somebody interacts with the Sun, whether that's through a newsletter, through our social branding and design, um, through uh, our revenue systems where they're signing up for a membership or uh, anything else, just making sure that they all work together and actually are represent the values and the experience that we actually want our readers to have. So it really can be everything from writing the, uh, the Sunriser, which is our daily free newsletter, um, down to what I was just doing earlier was wading through databases and um, doing some um, SQL queries to try to fix uh, some issues with our, our, you know, our membership databases um, and then everything in between. So um, I also do a lot of graphic design and some photography for the sun um, and uh, the strategy part is essentially audience development and consumer psychology. You know, like we've talked about this uh, a little bit, but there's, it's, it's a big ask to ask somebody who is used to kind of drive by reading news to stop, consider the source, consider if, this, if the news is valuable to them, and then translate that value into actually 
pulling out a credit card or using Apple Pay to actually like support the uh, the newsroom on an ongoing basis. Like that's a you know that that might sound kind of easy that you're just asking, but to actually get it to be effective, you really have to know who to ask, when to ask them, and how to ask them, and then build systems that can do all of that at the same time. So um, everybody can make my job easier just by going to coloradosun.com/join and becoming a member right now. But we know that's not going to happen. So <laughs> we have to make sure we are meeting people where they're at, whether that's on Instagram, on TikTok, eventually, we're hoping, um, uh, in newsletters or on the website itself and making sure that we ask in a way that is not keeping people from getting the news that they want, but is effective enough that we can continue to hire journalists and and keep people uh, producing the the news that we need. Yeah, I feel like um, one common theme I've really noticed when I've talked to people from The Sun when doing the PBC report is that you guys are a small group, but you guys are all seem to be kind of all jacks of all trades, you know, where, yes, um, you might be in charge of technology and strategy, but you need to be able to do a little bit of everything. And I think that just kind of speaks to you guys know you have this big mission and you know you're only a certain number of people, but you're all really willing to do what it takes to uh, make it work, which is really cool. And in terms of like all this consumer psychology type of stuff and just like the strategic side of it, did you have a big um, background in that before forming the sun or were you just like, this is what I know we need to look at to make the industry better and so this is what I'm going to do or, yeah. So um, my, my journey really started out, I was a uh, page designer at the, at your hub, which was a, uh, the local sections of back when it was still open, the Rocky Mountain News and the Denver Post. It was a sort of joint operation there. Um, and working at that level in hyper-local news inside of a larger group, um, I, I'm, I'm a huge nerd. I, you know, technology and and things like that are all the things that have always interested me in in addition to uh, journalism. And so I actually ended up becoming the uh, managing editor of your hub when I was 25, right before the, uh, the Rocky Mountain News shut down. And so when that shut down, your hub got fully absorbed into the Denver Post. And from there, I worked with the uh, editorial team at, at the Denver Post who wanted me to bec- do something in technology for them. So I ended up becoming what sounds hilarious now to look back on. Um, I was the mobile editor of the Denver Post uh, as though there was a difference between uh, you know people looking at the at it on their phones and everywhere else. But <laughs> that that move essentially got me into the thinking about how people actually consume news, like not just how do, how do we put it up there, but like how do people holding a phone in their hand actually consume news, not how we'd like them to, you know? We want everybody to consume, you know, the sun on a giant 27 inch monitor so they can really see the best uh, photos, but we just know that's not practical. You know, it's, it's always gonna be something along those lines. And so getting me in that mode and eventually my title over there was the director of innovation, um, which was essentially doing what I'm doing for the sun now, which is 
try to anticipate where audiences are going and then make sure we can meet them there with the product that they need and that are willing to support with uh, with their membership dollars. So yeah, I just have always been, you know, very interested in the way that things work, you know, and right. all the way down to people's brains, you know, like what <laughs> what is it about, you know, why does, you know, are people willing to spend so much money on things that provide almost no value to them, but then hardly any money on uh, something that eventually, even if it doesn't feel like it, is providing a huge value to themselves and the community. So that bridging that gap has been, you know, really my my whole career for the last 10 years is is just trying to find all, all of that sort of uh, overlap. Um, and that's something that was sort of rare when I was starting doing to, to do it, but now you see a lot more of audience positions and um, audience teams, even on on newsrooms that are doing all of this kind of stuff. So I think the tide has shifted. I think consuming news, except for you know occasionally some really bad TV news uh, websites and you know things like that that are still stuffed with ads and all sorts of like blinking, you know, noisy things, the actual act of consuming news has gotten better and better and better as people have gotten more used to being sort of digitally native. Um, and it's it's really exciting to see not just the sun, but everywhere else too. It sounds like you're a really innovative, like outside of the box thinker. And it's really interesting to see too, because like you said, when um, you kind of first started on this kind of thing that when you're doing it for the post, even um, it was kind of new. And now um, you're seeing more and more people do that, which is really cool. You're listening to Looks Like New, a show that asks old questions about new tech. Stick with us and we'll be back soon. Welcome back to Looks Like New on KGNU Radio. We are having a conversation with Eric Lubers about the tech journey of the Colorado Sun since its start. So speaking of innovative uh, thinking and how you kind of start, or I guess you were at the start of this movement, maybe you don't want to necessarily say that you started, (laughs) but you were at the start of it. But still, we are seeing um, news outlets across the country replicate the Sun's business practices, which is like kind of what you guys were hoping for as as far as my understanding. Do you think you are doing anything technologically innovative that we might see people replicating soon, specifically in newsrooms similar in size to the Sun? So yeah, specifically thinking about that size. Um, So I think 
sort of what the things that we're doing now that I think people are going to uh, start doing more are also things that we're, you know, a little bit copying from other people in our peer group as well. Um, and so one of the things that we've been doing from the very beginning is because we weren't really motivated by clicks was um, taking a look at email newsletters and for years, even even up to now, you know, everybody's been talking about email being the next big thing. And it's been the big thing for the last several, you know, years, um, partially because it's one of the few, the last remaining places that is a platform that is not owned by anybody. So, you know, if you've been inside of a newsroom or even a, a small business, you understand the dance that it takes to try to deal with Facebook or Instagram or Google, where constantly changing algorithms and business incentives and things can just completely take your audience and take them completely away from you if you aren't, you know, following every little move that the algorithm makes. But the thing I love about newsletters is that nobody is in control of newsletters. If you're signing up for a newsletter for The Sun, it is a direct relationship between The Sun as a newsroom and you as a reader. There's no algorithms in the way, um, but the what you see in a lot of newsrooms is that that just becomes a some sort of incentive to push people back to the website. Like, you know, the newsletter is just a way for you to arrive, click something and end up on the website so they can increase the number of clicks that they have um, on that site. But from the beginning, and especially lately, the sun has really been about creating newsletters that are themselves content. So we are not looking for click-through, we're looking for people to open and actually read the newsletter and feel like they're informed, you know, really well informed and feel good about their connection to what's happening in Colorado by the time they get to the end of this, you know, newsletter that might take five minutes. So the Sunriser, which is the one that is free and comes out Monday through Fridays, that is a great collection, not only just of this is all of the news that the sun puts out and why it's important to you, but also a collection of the best news that we as the journalists of the sun think are happening from other news outlets all over the state. So the goal really is you open up the Sunriser, you are as informed as you can be about Colorado news without having to spend hours and hours going through every single headline. It's all collected. It's all sort of right there. And you know, we love it when people click through and read our stories and we love it when people click through and read other people's stories. But the goal is really, this is a nice piece of content that shows up in your inbox and you consume it. Um, the more elaborate version of that is, and the one I'm really excited about is our weekend magazine, our members only magazine called mm -hmm. Colorado Sunday. Um, and it's essentially a, like a little lifestyle magazine that shows up every Sunday morning. And it's, we designed it specifically to look like an old high gloss, interesting magazine that you'd find, you know, like a sunset magazine or, you know, something like that. But doing that inside the confines of a newsletter designed just to be read in that one, you know, over your coffee on Sunday mornings, that's the kind of thing that I'm hoping to see other outlets do where you can break out and do something very different from other competitors um, and make it worthwhile and something that people actually want to pay for. Um, how many oh, news, I'm sorry, how many newsletters do you have now? Um, I, I think we have seven. <laughs> I, need to, I, have I need to go check. Yeah, and uh, you can just go to coloradosun.com newsletters and see all of them right there. Um, but some of them are 
for premium members and only like, you know, things that are focused on really in-depth politics coverage. We have one that I'm, I love called The Temperature that is about both climate change and the healthcare industry. And that seems like it might not be, a, a, you know, to two tastes that go well together, but they're so interlinked. And both John Ingold and Michael Booth, our reporters who write that, are so knowledgeable and so funny and interesting in that it's it's really great. And we we use our newsletters really as our primary vehicles for getting out our the the news that isn't always in just inside the articles. Like there's so much other context that happens that does isn't appropriate or doesn't fit in the actual articles themselves. So we use our whole platform of newsletters to really give that extra bit of context that people might not be getting for it if they're just reading the story it, itself. And um, it's also become a great way for us to get people to become members. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's really great. been nice. That is great. And are they, would you say, popular? Like, do you think people? Yeah, I mean, we, we have um, our free, our, the Sunriser goes out to about 150,000 people every day. Um, and we have um, obviously a smaller amount for our premium newsletters that are, are paid, but um, those reach um, audiences of, you know, a couple thousand people and get all of them get crazy open rates, you know, like I was at the post working on the newsletter. So I know what a general, you know, sort of newsletter open rate looks like. And ours are way over that. Like, you know, the people who are locked into the sun really love the sun. You know, we just want to be able to get more people locked in that way. Yeah. And the cool thing about if people do decide to cop or, you know, to also start doing more newsletters like the sun has is that there are so many different topics um, in any different, any given community of right. what could be relevant for them. So it is a, a quite repli replicable um, type of right. thing for other publications and, to do. And it really requires the newsroom to know what their audience wants and needs. And so when you can actually use that to fill that need, that's a huge uh, advantage to you as a newsroom. Something I thought was really cool about the newsletters that you mentioned earlier was that, yes, you want, of course, you, you're not going to be upset if it drives people back to your website, but you also have articles from other news websites across the state um, linked in your newsletter. Is that right? Yeah. We, okay. We we comb through literally, I have a feed reader set up for all of our folks where we we literally read every headline that comes out in any Colorado publication every day. It's it's uh, it's 800 to 1,000 um, unique URLs that we at least look at um, every single day just to make sure we get the best ones uh, in, in that newsletter. That is a lot, but I also think it's kind of a testament to your dedication to your guys' mission. You guys want to make sure Coloradans are informed on issues relevant to them, whether or not it comes from your publication. So I think that you can see a lot of like strengthening through collaboration here, which sure. makes me want to ask you about just kind of the collaboration going on amongst, you know, the Colorado community papers, but just the smaller newspapers across the country. So just generally, what do you think that legacy newspapers, smaller publications like The Sun, what can they accomplish just by working together? 
Yeah, th this has been a big part of our story pretty much from the beginning. Uh, one of the best things that came out from the Sybil platform was that you ended up having a lot of newsrooms who were all, you know, across the country and across the world who were all facing a lot of the same situations at the same time. So whether that was how to get an audience, how to set up your system on the back end, what you can do on the front end. It was great to have a group of those sort of newsrooms to collaborate with and talk through these things with. Um, and that's really evolved since those days. So we are part of the um, uh, of CoLab um, here in Colorado, which is um, newsrooms coming together and working on not only projects, but tools and sharing resources along those lines. But we're also now part of the statewide news collective. And that's um, something that's um, put out by the LenFest Institute and the Rev Lab at Texas Tribune and Spotlight PA. And that is just a group of a lot of these newsrooms that are in the same situation that the sun is where it's a smaller newsroom that is focused on covering statewide issues and that includes state legislatures state or voting elections uh environmental resources like stuff like that that is really important for the entire state outside of metro areas as well um and it's been, you know, we've only been uh, up and running in that for a couple of months, but we've already come up with a lot of great ideas on how to share tools and technical resources and uh, and collaborate on the building of these things, um, which is great because not everybody has somebody that can code on in their newsroom, um, and it's also it's getting harder and harder to find and hire people that have these sort of diverse skill sets who want to work in journalism and not go, you know, make a lot more money somewhere else because that's just the truth of it. You know, like, even though I think we, we pay pretty well for the sun, like we, that was a big goal of ours is to make sure that people could actually have a living and comfortable wage while working as journalists. But even that we know we can't compete with people with those same skill sets going off to uh, another sort of private business. So having these collaborations between all of these groups can highlight and share the best innovations that happen no matter which newsroom it happens in, and it can be turned into something that can be shareable and replicable and uh, and useful for all of these different sort of um, audiences around the around the country. Yeah, and it's cool because you mentioned CoLab, the Colorado Collaborative Media Lab. That's yeah. more that's for the state of Colorado, and it's from my understanding, it seems like the Sun does a lot of work to help strengthen newspapers in the state um, that need help where you guys maybe have the skills to help them and the statewide news collective which is more like a nationwide type of collective hopefully maybe means that well i've already seen how people are taking the sun's example but maybe you guys will be able to you know learn some things that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to do yeah, exactly. being a part of this. So yeah. it's kind of exciting to just see how this is going to progress this relationship with the statewide news yeah. collective. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that happening in different parts of the country as, as unfortunately the, you know, the traditional news continues to suffer, you know, like as much as things might have felt like it was stabilizing, you're still losing newspapers in places that absolutely need them. And you have more and more counties across the country that have become essentially news deserts. And, you know, what used to be something that could be covered from a bureau in the, in the metro area in that state, and then, you know, send people out, 
that's even getting harder and harder to do as those metro area news organizations start to get smaller and smaller and have fewer and fewer resources. So the, the more we can have communities learning how to cover themselves using the same journalistic ethics that we have as, as professional journalists, the, the better it's going to be for everybody. Agreed. Yeah. I, I'm really happy to see that this is, it seems like it's a movement um, to yeah. kind of stabilize and strengthen the journalism industry right now. So on that note, um, we've kind of talked about what to look forward to for the future of the sun. But what else do you think we can look forward to from a tech standpoint? So from the tech side of things, what we're looking at now is to start building a lot more useful, functional tools for people to come actually use, whether that's uh, got a voter guide so people can look up their you know, um, legislators and kind of get the information they need, but all the way down to everything like how to vote or how, how you should vote, what schools are like in your area, the kind of companies that you need to work for, even like where to get good tacos or take a great hike. You know, like there is an overwhelming amount of information out in the world, especially at the like local level, including things like how to file for unemployment, how to, uh, you know, get your driver's license renewed or your your plates like and there's a a dearth of ability to understand these sometimes kind of overwhelming systems so part of the um, upgrades that we did with migrating to these new systems were all about sort of setting the stage so we can start finding out where these needs are in Colorado and building the tools that help people actually find the information that they need. Uh, that's I, If you needed a, a short version of, of what to expect, that's really the next thing. So still going to be publishing great stories with great photos. We're going to be trying to do a little bit more video content and hybrid kind of stuff. So videos and, and more visuals and data visualization can be part of our stories. But we're also looking at sort of things that aren't just stories, you know, that are, you know, like I said, those, those big, massive pieces of information and databases that you have no idea how to deal with, helping guide you through all of those so you can make the kind of decisions you need to navigate your world. Thank you so much. Um, that yep. makes me so excited to see what, what the sun is going to produce in the future and just to keep an eye on you guys in the future. And of course, just to see if you guys keep making good on that public benefit. Yep. <laughs> but um, I've learned so much from our conversation. Thank you so much, Eric. And yep. um, yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, no problem. Nice to talk. And so, yeah, just everybody head over to coloradosun.com. You can sign up for a newsletter or become a member. We'd love you either way. So. <laughs> You've been listening to Looks Like New on KGNU Radio, a show that asks old questions about new tech. We've been speaking with Eric Lubers, who's in charge of technology and strategy at the Colorado Sun. I am Livia O'Neill, today's host for Looks Like New, a production of CU's Media Enterprise Design Lab. You can find out more about our work at colorado.edu slash lab slash midlab. If you liked what you heard, please spread the word about this show and consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Leaving positive reviews will help our conversations reach more listeners. We would love to hear your comments or guest ideas. You can reach us by emailing medlab at colorado.edu. I hope you'll join us for another conversation next month.